Well, this week we have talked about strategic planning. And today we are going to unravel the intricacies of strategic planning and dive deep into the elements that shape an organization's success. Today we embark on a journey through the interconnected realms of values, purpose, goals, and metrics, all fundamental components that breathe life into a strategic plan. My name is Brad and welcome to The Daily Lead. Well, happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome back to The Daily Lead. I am joined again today by Leeds Executive Director, Peggy Contos Han, where we have been talking about strategic planning all week this week. And today we're gonna dive deep and try to talk a little bit about bringing focus to your strategic plan using those words that I just spoke about, values, purpose, goals, and metrics, because they really are what breathes life into a strategic plan and gives a strategic plan focus. So Peggy, welcome back to The Daily Lead. It's great to have you on again with us today. Hey, Pastor Brad and everybody who's listening. Thank you for joining us today to think about where a strategic plan lands. I mean, this is sort of the nitty gritty that you know about and that you would expect from a strategic plan. And at the same time, it's really important to do well. So um, as we talk about values, purpose, goals, and metrics, I want to say one thing. Your congregation's values, purpose, goals, and metrics should be specifically designed for your congregation. In other words, you can't grab them from the church next door or down the street and just put them <laughs> at your place because somebody else has done the work and you like the language, right? Exactly. That doesn't work. This stuff grows out of the hearts of the listening of the people who are there, who God has already called into leadership. And I do want to say every congregation uses different language to mean sometimes the same thing. And so it just sound like you. It should sound like the way your people talk. And I know we can talk about um, church talk and all the vernacular that we, we use that can be sort of jargony and we can be concerned about that. But I also know language shapes culture. And if you want to have a particular culture of what it is to be a Christian in your congregation, then what you're looking for is language in your goals, I'm sorry, your values, purpose, goals, and metrics that reiterate that culture you want to create. So this is why we start with values first. I think if you start anywhere else, you're going to go in circles uh, and it will be very, very challenging. Yeah. I mean, I was taught a long time ago by Pastor David Hansen that we cannot come up with a purpose if we don't have our values in place. And I think mm -hmm. he would be right. So the values are basically... What are the things that are, make your congregation uniquely you? What is your um, culture? So, for example, my home congregation focuses on healing and hope. Other congregations focus on sharing meals or focus on um, whatever it is, you know. And our hope is that through the process of clarifying your 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 core values as a congregation, you are going to get clear on, frankly, who you're not, 
and if you say, for example, we are a welcoming church and we welcome all people, then there's the opportunity to say, well, is that really true for us, right? Yeah, yeah. And to test that value, um, whatever it might be. So, I mean, I try not to impose value. So I hate to give you um, a short list because I don't want that to be the values for every congregation, although I certainly have some preferences. Uh, but how do you do that? How do you find the values of a congregation? That's sort of the question at hand. That can happen in a bunch of ways. It can happen with a quick value cards exercise. It can happen with a church council and your strategic planning team having a generative conversation and somebody listening deeply and catching the words and the phrases that you're speaking. It can happen by throwing all your notes from your listening into a word cloud. I mean, there's lots of ways that you can find these values, right? Absolutely. But they should grow out of listening to both the congregation and the neighborhood. Yeah. The biggest question I'm asked about values is, should they be aspirational or should they just represent us now? My thinking on this has really changed. I used to think, oh, no, they should reflect who we are. I no longer think that. I think we've got to have aspirational values. And I really do. I think our values have to call us into ministry, call us forward, um, help us be our best self, right? Yeah. And so yeah. you want to stretch a little in your values, not so much that when people in the congregation or the organization hear the values that they say, oh, this doesn't sound like us. I don't know where they got this idea. Not like that, but just stretching a little yeah. is really helpful. Right. Well, and I, I, I've always thought of um, values as a moral and ethical compass, right? Yeah. It guides every decision, every action. So right. that, that is aspirational, right? Because the compass kind of points you where you want to go and where you want to be, right? And, uh, and Think so about what that means, though, Brad. Think about it. If we yeah. say we care about young people, then that means every decision we make in the congregation has to ask the question, what does this mean for the child? Exactly. What does this mean for the family, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we have to live, put that value into a lived practice. I mean, so absolutely, yep. that's absolutely. right. Yep, yep. So think carefully about these values. Um, and then once your values are, and I want to say three to four values, not like a, a laundry list of values, but three or four memorable values, they can all start with the same letter, but that's not the point. The point is that they all have meaning. And action words are great. We like verb values. That's great because we can do them. Mm -hmm. um, right. And But then we're going to move to um, writing a purpose statement. And this really just answers the question, why does our congregation or our organization exist? Correct. I'm, I'm not a fan of mission or vision language. I mean, I love the words, but quite honestly, nobody really knows how to define them. And every organization defines them differently. So we just use the word purpose, uh, which means why. Why are you doing what you're doing? And that focus, I think Simon Sinek said it best, right? If we can nail down the why, we can do everything else. And so this is where we land when it comes to the purpose statement. Start with why. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Start with yeah. why. And some of the most the successful companies in the world, that's where they start, right? Um, it's not the what. <laughs> no, it's not. 
It's not. It's got to be, why are we doing this? Like, if these are our values, put that together. If these are our values, why are we doing this? Exactly. I mean, that's an evaluative question, right? I mean, yeah. that once we have our why, this is where I had said earlier in the week, the strategic plan can help us stop doing things too, Yeah. right? That no longer fit with the new why. I mean, it happens. I mean, it should happen, right? Over time, things should, should change. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. Then to speak to goals. So my recommendation in this day and time is we're really specific about our goals so that they have meaning and value and we have three or four at the tops. I mean, three goals... If we have four, one of those is probably going to be a technical goal. That means like, you know, working on our communication plan or something that's more technical than the adaptive work. We just, no one, no congregation, it doesn't matter what size or how much money you have in the bank or how big your staff is, has capacity right now to take on more than three adaptive goals. And that may be too many. So I know congregations we've been working with that'll even just settle on one or two major goals like we're going to center everything around whatever x is for them right right and gosh that can be very life-giving and it can free us from all the institutional stuff we've been carrying along over the years to do what we can be really good at doing now Mm -hmm. i was just working with a bishop staff today and they're wrestling with um, metrics and goals like this for how do we know if a congregation um, is moving down, you know, towards like a congregation that can't afford a full-time pastor, are they on their way towards decline or are they a congregation that can't afford a full-time pastor, but they have possibilities of expanding their ministry? Well, that depends on the goals that people set. Right. And that's why I say you want to have meaningful limited amount of goals so that you can really live through them. Obviously into the goals, you're going to have um, objectives and action plans and all the, the project management stuff that will take place. And I do want to say, I almost never recommend a goal of, of building a building these days. I just don't. Uh, occasionally we need to do that, but mostly we just need to renovate the space we already have. Uh, for the ministry God is calling us to do now. Uh, In many cases, we have empty buildings and we have an opportunity to repurpose that space. Uh, So I've helped a couple of congregations sell their buildings. I mean, there's different ways of thinking about ministry today, Mm -hmm. Mm post-pandemic. But let's take a second to talk about metrics. This is kind Mm -hmm. of a personal passion I have. As some of you know this, I just feel like if all we're measuring are nickels and noses or, you know, butts and bucks, however you want to call it, if that's all we're looking at as our metric, nobody is inspired. Those (laughs) are, they aren't. Right. I mean, here's why. By the time you're counting noses or, you know, you're counting the nickels, you can't actually get more people in the room or get more money out of their pockets. It's like too late. Those are lag metrics. Yeah. Let, let's focus on the things that inspire us, the things we can actualize. Actually, that will change those metrics in the end if we do our job right. So it's not unimportant that we have 
funds to do our ministry, it's not unimportant that people show up because, I mean, that is a tell right there if no one comes. But more importantly, we have to ask ourselves, what is going to inspire us to live out this goal? So we need some of those metrics to be um, things that we can influence, right? Mm -hmm. Things we can actually change. So if we're interested, for example, in more um, of the people from our preschool coming to church on Sunday, if that happens to be a goal, okay, then we have to ask ourselves, how do we get to know the preschool parents? And maybe we should ask ourselves, what are we doing on Sunday? That's worth their time, right? So we, yeah. we have to look at both sides of that. Yeah. Why would they come? It gets back to that why. But the but the the realization after listening to the parents of preschoolers, it actually could change our 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 presumed goal. Like our, we think that would be our goal, but maybe after listening to preschoolers, we realize maybe there are other ways to approach faith formation of toddlers and their parents than the Sunday morning worship experience. You know, maybe. I don't know what that might be, but there are lots of ways congregations are getting after this using technology or thinking about other windows of time other than Sunday morning. Right. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like we really have seven days a week. I don't know why we think we're so limited to the Sunday morning experience. I do think it matters, but I don't think it's the only connect point for us. You know, so, mm -hmm. so our, the point being our metrics, if we look at the lead metrics can expand to a bigger uh, way of measuring. Exactly, exactly. To things that actually help get us where we want to go, right? Um, yeah. the, the ones that can actually turn abstract goals into quantifiable results, you know? And we need that. Yeah. We need to be able to have stories to tell yeah. about how having these goals is changing who we are as a congregation, but who we are as a people, like how our culture is shifting because of the goals we have in place, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, I guarantee you, Joy Reigns, with their concern about the opioid problems I talked about the other day in um, Edgewater, Maryland, I guarantee you that that awakening and that concern, that ministry goal has changed the lives of every person in that congregation. And yeah. one of the ways it has changed their lives is they have had to come to terms with the fact that many of them have had family members die of opioid addiction. Mm. Like it's not happening out there. It's happening in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a shift. So anyway, that's that's the deal about focus, in my opinion, is to nail down those values, to get a clear why on your purpose, to set a few goals and hopefully one that is just a bit of a challenge. So you have yeah. to really work at it. Yep. And some metrics that can help you stay the course. Awesome. And, you know, I'd like to talk tomorrow about how we implement all this because yeah. we just put a lot on our plate, right? We did. We so did. How does this <laughs> actually happen? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, Peggy. This has been a great conversation as always. And tomorrow, as she said, we're going to be wrapping up our conversation with Peggy and how we implement all of this that we have been talking about all week long. So stay tuned, everybody. Come back and join us tomorrow. But before you do that, go down and hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. We would feel honored if you did that. It just takes a few seconds. It uh, just helps other people find the podcast easier.
Well, The Daily Lead is a podcast of the lead organization. Lead is a nonprofit organization that helps leaders connect to one another in order to grow and to learn. And they also help congregations connect to their communities. So head on over to leadconnects.org. That's leadconnects.org and see all the amazing ways and tools they have for you uh, that you that, to help you as a leader in your organization grow and learn. And as always, we'd like to thank our podcast sponsor, GSB Fundraising. If you are a leader and need help in the areas of stewardship, capital campaigns, or fundraising, head on over to gsbfundraising.com. That's gsbfundraising.com, and they'll be glad to help you out. Well, until tomorrow, everyone, our final episode of the week with Peggy Kanto-san. We'll see you then, and take care, everyone, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.